Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Just One Dude. My name is Nathan Culler, your host. We got a lot to talk about this week. So on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the big NBA trade drama um, and a little bit of shift in the title contention, in my opinion. Um, also, a lot of upsets this week in NCAA men's basketball that we're going to be covering. Um, obviously, Super Bowl 56 was just yesterday. That was a very good game, very big game. We're going to be talking about that. And also, uh, some Trevor Bauer news and the MLB lockout and how that, those things are going and what to look out for if you are a MLB fan. So, stay tuned and you are listening or watching to Just One Dude. All right. Welcome back to Just One Dude. I'm Nathan Cutler, your host. Um, we got a lot to talk about this week. A lot of NBA drama went down, a bunch of trades uh, that, in my opinion, shake up the, the title contention race this year. Um, there have been like three or four teams that are just really in the, sh- in the spot for a title that, uh, in the past few seasons um, with these trades. It really shakes it up a little bit. Uh, so obviously... Ben Simmons and um, James Harden trade that went down about a week ago, something like that. I think it was last Tuesday. Uh, Absolutely ginormous move for both teams. Um, Obviously, the Nets were kind of piggybacking off the big three and James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Um, And James Harden won it out. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what he thought was going to happen maybe he just didn't get along with the other two or maybe one of them I heard some rumors though that he was not getting along with Kyrie Irving um they just had their opinions on Kyrie not playing and uh, Kyrie playing I mean there's a there's there's a huge controversy about Kyrie Irving not getting vaccinated and um basically he can't play in Brooklyn just for his personal beliefs um and so I think, in my opinion, just from an outsider's perspective, I think James Harden was a little frustrated with that. Um, he didn't like that. He wanted to play together with everyone. And obviously Kevin Durant's been hurt. Uh, he had a, something in his knee. I think he had an ACL sprain or something. Um, but yeah, he's out. And um, everyone knows what happened with Ben Simmons. Um, he hasn't played for the 76ers in a long time now. Uh, didn't play the end of last season and um yeah that's a that's a big deal um not only were those two traded and i think this is bigger than those two in my opinion um ben simmons seth curry and andre drummond um went to brooklyn those were two very big role players for the 76ers um they just did a lot on the offense and defensive i mean obviously andre drummond big rebounder just a big shot blocker in the paint. That's a great defensive asset for the 76ers. Um, Seth Curry, I mean, it's Curry. I mean, it's in the name. I mean, you know, he's a scorer. He produced a lot of offense for the Sixers, and now he's gone. Um, And uh, the 76ers received Paul Millsap and James Harden. Uh, Paul Millsap has been in the league for a long time now. Um, He's a good shooter. Big. Uh, he's a very good defender as well. Um, not like top of the top of the line defense, but he plays very good defense. Um, 
and he is now on the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, in my opinion, this is a big win for Philadelphia and, and a pretty big fat L for Brooklyn. Um, I just wish the, that Brooklyn could have made it work. Uh, there was a lot of hype around the big three. Obviously, James Harden was done with Cleveland, or not Cleveland, Houston, and he wanted out. And he went to Brooklyn, and I think he went to Brooklyn because of James Harden and Kyrie Irving, or not James Harden, because of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, so he was, he wanted to play with them. And, and then he's asking out of another organization in, you know, less than a year. Uh, I, I just think there was a lot of more internal beef there than what was being made public. Uh, and this is a, this is an L for Brooklyn because they're giving up. I mean, he was one of the prime scorers in the league. I mean, he's one of the best ISO players ever. Um, and they're giving him up for Ben Simmons. And obviously we haven't seen Ben Simmons play in a long time. Um, he has been out for whatever reason. I mean, he has his own reasons. I think he just doesn't want to play with the Sixers anymore. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on right now. In my opinion, this makes Philly a title favorite. Um, I think they could win the finals this year. Just because of the sheer fact that if James Harden gets in shape and he gets back to the, the, you know, the, the state he was in when he was in Houston, I mean, that's going to be a tough team to beat with, James, with Joel Embiid and James Harden on the floor. Um, I think that that's going, to be, that's going to be hard to beat. A lot of teams are going to have a, lot, a very tough time beating that team just because of the amount of offense they can put out. Um, but it's not all bad for Brooklyn, um, in my opinion. Uh, ben Simmons can bring a facilitating role. Um, he's not a big shooter. I mean, if you know the NBA, you know that Ben Simmons is clowned on for his shooting. Um, he can bring a little bit of facilitating power to that team. Um, you don't have to have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant bring the ball up every time or James Harden. I mean, obviously they don't have James Harden anymore, but you know, it's, a, it's kind of a big deal to have a point guard that doesn't shoot. Because then you can have Kevin Durant spot up in the corner or wherever, and you can just play pick and roll, and Ben Simmons is going to open up the floor. Um, so, I mean, it's not a big fat L for Brooklyn. They're getting a good player, but if he, I mean, if he plays, that's the one thing is if, if he plays, um, the, I mean, that's, that's really what you're banking on. I mean, I, I don't even know if he's going to play. So, I mean, he, he, he was just being a really big bitch about the whole thing in Philly and so I mean if he if he sacks up and actually plays then I think that team can be really good but he has to play and he's got to be able to put the time in with the team because that's what it seems like that's what didn't happen with Philly is he didn't want to play with them after they lost a few seasons in the like in the playoffs so he just gave up and that's not really that's not really the best way to go about go about it, in my opinion. But yeah, that's uh, that was a big trade for um, the NBA trade deadline, which was last Tuesday, the tenth. There was also 
some other big trades around the league. Um, most notably, the big trade between Sacramento and Indiana. Um, Dante, I don't know how to say his last name. I'm just going to call him Sabonis. Um, Indiana sent Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday to Sacramento for Tyrese, Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson. Um, kind of a weird move. Um, the Kings have not been very good for a while, and I th think they had a really good rookie core. Um, I, I think they had a lot of potential with those rookies that they drafted, and for some reason, they just kind of dished them away. I mean, they were talking about trading De'Aaron Fox, which is a little bit more reasonable, um, just because he's, I don't know, he doesn't really fit very well in that system, in my opinion, but... He's a great scorer, don't get me wrong. He's a great player, but I, don't, I just don't think he fit very well. Um, yeah, and that's a, that was a big trade. Um, it seems like Sabonis has been playing pretty well in Sacramento from what I've seen on social media and whatnot. He's, uh, he's loving it there. And um, I mean, Indiana did get some good players, and Buddy Heald, he's a great scorer, good shooter. Uh, Tristan Thompson is always going to be able to rebound the ball. But I don't know, weird trade. I don't really know if it was necessary. It seems like it was pretty even. Um, another big trade, C.J. McCollum out of Portland, um, splitting up Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, which is insane. Um, but Portland sent over C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell to the Pelicans, and Portland received Josh Hart, Tomas Sadoransky, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. And Didi Lazauda. I also don't know if I'm saying that correctly. But um, also a very big L for Portland, in my opinion. Um, CJ McCollum is one of the prime guards in the in the league right now. Don't know why they got rid of him. Um, kind of a faded, a faded trade, if you ask me. Um, Portland did not receive what they gave up. Um, McCollum and Larry Nance. I mean, he's a great rebounder, he's a good defender, big, long dude. Um, CJ McCollum is, like I said, a very good scorer. I don't, I don't really know why they gave him up, but I don't know if CJ wanted out or if Portland is just looking to rebuild since they've been bad for so long. Um, yeah, so that's also another big trade that happened. Another Indi uh, Indiana trade, Pacers sent Karis LeVert to the Cavs and they received Ricky Rubio and a future draft pick. Karis LeVert has been a big uh, rookie storyline for the past two or three years. I don't remember when he got drafted, but he's been, uh, it's very, fairly recent. Um, but he's a pretty good player. He's going to add to that Cavs team that's already been pretty surprising as of late. I think they're third or fourth in the East right now, and that's with the Heat and the 76ers and the Nets. In that division, so um, or not not that division, on that conference. So that's big time. Um, he's going to add a lot of scoring to that team. He's also a pretty good defender, I've heard, or from what I've seen him play. Um, so that that uh, shakes it up a little bit. Um, that's adding a lot of potential to that team that was already a young. I mean, they're pretty much playing like a a veteran team, but they're you know, they're all rookies or sophomores. So yeah. Uh, also, another three-team tr three trade, Robert Covington, Norman Powell went to the Clippers. 
while the Clippers received Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson from the Blazers. I thought that was a three. Forget it. Uh, trade between the Clippers and the Blazers. Um, Covington, Norman Powell, they're big uh, defenders and shooters. So that's a big offensive gain for the Clippers. And then um, Blazers get Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson. There have been like role players on the Clippers for the past few years. Um, but one thing that I think stu- stood out to me was the inability for the Los Angeles Lakers to make a move. And I don't mean like a blockbuster, get rid of Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James type move, but they didn't make any significant changes to their roster when they are below 500 team. Um, I don't know what kind of shit they're smoking over there or what they're watching. I don't know if Frank Vogel, you know, it's just thinks that it's going to get better somehow or like it's just magically the team is going to learn how to play with each other but it, it really seems like they are like on some shit over there like why would you not make a trade to get another role player or another score or something something to make to, to mix up the team I mean, Russell Westbrook hasn't been playing as of late in the fourth quarter when it's big time because he just turns the ball over too much um, from what I've heard and what I've seen. Um, I mean, the Lakers' management is just faded as hell, in my opinion. Um, Just not thinking straight, in my opinion. Um, Not really doing what they need to do in order to win. I mean, it's... They have a great team. They have a bunch of role players. LeBron James, I mean, you, you're just going to win with him. And no matter what you think of the guy, he's a winner. He's a, I mean, he's been to four different teams and won six titles. And then Anthony Davis, who's also, I mean, just been an instrumental. They, they wouldn't have won that title in the bubble without him. So that's a big deal. And then Russell Westbrook, obviously he hasn't had his ring yet, but He's a great player, and I mean, he's a facilitating guard. I mean, he can't shoot for the, to save a fucking life, but I mean, he brings some uh, some aspects to the team. I mean, he he brings something to the team. And I don't know. I don't really know what they're smoking over there, but um, with this big 76ers move, in my opinion, um, I think the 76ers are favorite now. Like I said before, if James Harden can get back to the form that he's been in um, in Houston. Now we saw him in Houston where he was putting up 50s, 60s in the playoffs. Uh, I think that team could win a title this year, um, especially with a little bit lackluster Eastern Conference and with the um, with the the Nets kind of being in shambles now. Um, I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to shake things up a little bit, and that's good. I mean. We haven't seen the 76ers in the playoffs in a long time since Allen Iverson. So I think it'll be good to see them in the playoffs and go far. Obviously, they were pretty close to making the finals when Kawhi hit that famous fadeaway jumper in the corner. Um, but, yeah, big, big shakeup in the NBA as of right now. I'm really excited to see the playoffs, uh, which are coming up. Or I mean, they're coming up pretty soon towards the middle of April. Uh, so, yeah, that's the NBA as of right now. 
Now, moving on to the NCAA men's basketball, um, a lot of upsets this week. Super, super interesting weekend for uh, basketball. Um, I know most of the time this is when a bunch of upsets happen. Like towards the beginning of the year, the um, the good teams are always winning, and the high seeded or not high seeded, the high ranked teams are blowing everyone out in, in their conferences and stuff like that. Uh, but towards the end of the year and going into March, there is a bunch of upsets that always happen uh, from what I've seen. Um, this is when teams start to get tired and, you know, they're just not playing as well as they used to be playing. So they, they lose to not necessarily uh, teams that are better than them. Um, a big one was on Monday, uh, Arkansas beat... Number uh, unranked Arkansas beat number one Auburn, um, so that is big time because number one lost to an unranked team. Um, so that means that uh, Auburn's probably not going to be number one this week. Uh, I think Gonzaga will probably move up to number one. Um, but yeah, hold up, I'm going to look at the power rankings really quick. Yep, and as soon as I click on them. Gonzaga is number one. Oh, Gonzagum, 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 Gonzaga is number one again. Um, let's look at the power rankings really quick. Um, power rankings, power rankings, power rankings. Okay. Anyways, Gonzaga is number one. I'm assuming Auburn went to number two. Uh, I'm not totally sure what else got shooken up. Um, oh, no. Auburn falls to three. Kentucky moves to number two. Kentucky was previously three. So Arizona and four, they were, they were six. Uh, Kansas is now five. They were seven. And Purdue falls to number six. Wow, a bunch of, uh, bunch of moves here. Um, Duke falls all the way down to eight. Providence, holy shit. The Providence Friars are number number nine. They're top ten this week. That is uh, that's kind of a big deal. You don't ever you don't see that very often. Um, let's see what else is shifted around here. Uh, Texas Tech is now number ten. Um, that's that's really everything. That's uh, not they're not number ten. They're number twelve. Excuse me. Uh, that's really all that's changed. That's significant. Uh, Villanova is now number 10. They were 15 before. Um, so a lot has a lot has changed in the last week. Uh, that just goes to show you how unpredictable NCAA men's basketball is. And that's why I love it so much. Um, you know, March is coming up. A lot of the conference tournaments will be happening very soon. Um, just something I look forward to every year. So um, I will definitely continue to cover this stuff. It's super interesting to me. Like I said, the, all the upsets that happen, um, like for instance, number 12 loses to number 21. Um, UCLA loses to USC. And then um, unranked Oklahoma beats number nine, Texas Tech. They were number nine last week. Uh, number six, Houston loses to unranked St. Mary's University. Uh, that's the one down in Texas. And Michigan beats number three, Purdue. Uh, I think Michigan beat them like, by a lot. I don't remember exactly, but it was in the 20s. Um, 
Memphis, unranked Memphis, also beats number six Houston. And unranked Butler beats 18 Marquette. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of upsets this week. A lot of unranked teams beating ranked teams. And that's, that's college basketball for you. I mean, it's so unpredictable. And that's why I love it. Um, a, a couple of upcoming games. Texas Tech plays um, Bur uh, Baylor on Wednesday. And then this weekend, there's a few uh, top 25 uh, games. Illinois plays Michigan State on Saturday, and Texas Tech plays Texas on Saturday as well. So Texas Tech has a few big games this week. Um, so I'll, I'll get back on where they're at in the rankings next week. Um, so, yeah, that's it for NCAA men's basketball. A lot going on. A big shakeup in the power rankings. Now let's go to the NFL. So now the NFL, Super Bowl 56, uh, big game last night. It was a great game, in my opinion. Um, one of the uh, very good Super Bowl. I, don't, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't disappointed. I know a lot of people have been disappointed with the Super Bowls in the last few years, but I think it was a great game. Um, came down to the last drive. Uh, congrats to the Rams, by the way. Um, if you didn't know by now, the Rams won the Super Bowl. Um, Phenomenal season from them. Uh, I think they lost four games or something. Um, and they had a bunch of really close playoff games. So, I mean, they kind of deserved it. Matthew Stafford, uh, after being in Detroit for God knows how long and being so bad for God knows how long. Um, Sean McVay finally got a title. I actually don't know if he had a title or not. Does he have one? Who knows? Um, Aaron Donald also got his ring. Kind of crazy that he said he, if they won, that he would retire. Um, I guess I'm kind of used to like NBA and MLB players where they like play for a super long time, but in the NFL, you know, you play like eight, ten, eight to ten seasons, and you're done. So, I mean, he has been playing for uh, eight years, nine, nine years or something. So, I mean, he's getting close to being done, and he's a, excuse me, he is a. Uh, Offensive or a defensive lineman, so I mean he's a big dude and he runs really fast, so that's not probably not very good on his knees. Um, just a couple things about the game. It was kind of crazy how ineffective the run game was for Los Angeles uh, for the Rams, um, and it pretty much almost cost them the game. Uh, the The defensive line for uh, Cincinnati. I don't know if it was the coordinator or if it was like just the defense in general. They were really good at uh, reading and stopping the run. Um, they had like a crazy low amount of r rush yards, the Rams did. Um, and I think it was pretty impressive for such a young, I don't know how young the defense is, but just the young, a young Bengals team in, in general. Um, it's kind of crazy how well they played in such a big game um they like i said they were really good at stopping the run and um i mean when it came down to the pass defense that's kind of hard against such a big team like the rams where they have so many options to pass to um i mean obviously odell got hurt in the first quarter the first and second quarter and they lost a big offensive uh i mean they lost a big receiver there but i mean it was just kind of crazy how I mean, the, the run game for L.A. hasn't been big that, like, all year, but 
kind of crazy how good the Bengals were against it just for such a young defense. Um, I mean, it almost cost them the game. I mean, if, if Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup weren't as good as they are together, I honestly think that the Bengals had a very good chance to win that game. I mean, they were up for, you know, second, third quarter. And then, obviously, the game-winning drive, Stafford threw the ball to Cup like seven times in a row. Um, I mean, it's just great quarterback and receiver chemistry that wins you the game. But, I mean, if they would have kept running the ball, I feel like they probably would have lost. Um, yeah. Um, I th the one thing I will say about the Bengals, though, is I think that they need to upgrade their offensive line. Um, and I don't know if this is just because they were playing against such a good pass rushing def uh, defense in the Rams. I mean, you obviously have Aaron Donald, you have Von Miller. Um, there's another really good lineman, and, I, and his name is, I can't remember his name right now, but um, it, it was just crazy how, like, in that last play, when they're on fourth and one, and the Bengals need to get a first down in order to have a chance at winning the game. Uh, I mean, Aaron Donald just does what he does best and gets past the, the, the outside line or the uh, outside guard. And it kind of happened like that the whole game. And there was a bunch of stats that they went over on the broadcast where, like, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL or something like that. Um, I think that just kind of goes to show that the, if the offensive line was better for the Bengals, they would have had a better chance. And like I said, I don't know if it was just because the Rams' pass rush is so good. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of interesting to watch because – I feel like if they would have had a better line, then their pass, their quarterback would have a little bit more time in the pocket. Um, and like there was a clip on Instagram that I saw that on that pat on that last play, like while Joe, Bur Joe Burrow was getting sacked, um, Jamar Chase like beat Jalen Ramsey, and he's like going, you know, he's like 30 yards down the field. I mean, he pretty much would have had a touchdown. I would have won the game. Um, and if he would have had a little bit more time in the pocket, he would have been able to get the ball out. Um, so just something and that I saw that I think was super interesting about the game. Um, I think that the Bengals will go ahead and, uh, improve their offensive line, uh, in the off season. Um, I think it would be interesting to see if it, if they like do have that type of offensive line, like if they have a really good offensive line, then it will be, they will definitely be a title contender for next year. I mean, just this year, I mean, they didn't even have that great of a team, and they, I mean, they went to the Super Bowl against the Rams. I mean, so um, just something to look out for. And if they do make any significant moves, I will be, sh I will sure to, uh, I will be sure to talk about it on here because that's what I'm here for. Um, obviously, the big end of the year awards for the NFL happened before. Um, after the Pro Bowl, which was last weekend. Um, MVP, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't know what else anyone else was expecting. Uh, he played in phenomenal this year. I think he won back-to-back, -back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone was expecting anything else. Um, coach of the year is Mike Vrabel. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. I feel like I'm butchering that. But for the Titans, he coached coach for the Titans. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, 
maybe because the Titans were so good even after Derrick Henry got hurt early on in the year. Uh, maybe that's where it's coming from because they still, I mean, they still went to the uh, divisional round of the playoffs. And they, I mean, they had a pretty good shot at going to the Super Bowl this year. So um, AP comeback player of the year, Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr. Um, everybody loves Joe Burrow. I think he deserves that. Um, he got hurt last year in his rookie season. And he came back, and I mean, he took the Bengals to the Super Bowl as a sophomore. So um, big-time comeback player. Um, AP Offensive Player of the Year, Cooper Cup. I mean, man's an animal. You saw in the Super Bowl when they needed him, you know, gave the ball to – Matthew Stafford gave the ball to him like eight times in the row, and they just walked down the field and scored. Um, AP Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt. Um, on the Steelers. Uh, I think he deserves that. I think the only other person that is in contention for that is Aaron Donald, but um, I think T.J. Watt had more sacks or something. But T.J. Watt is an animal off the, uh, on the offensive line. Um, a phenomenal pass rusher. I don't think... I think he deserved that as well. Um, AP Offensive Rookie Player of the Year, Jamar Chase. I mean... Dude's just out of college, and he, I mean, he's putting up phenomenal numbers on a um, on the Bengals. So I, I also think he deserved that. Uh, AP Defensive Rookie of the Year, Micah Parsons on the uh, on the Cowboys. Also think he deserved that. He played super well this year on a very uh, mid Cowboys defense. Um, he was like one of their only. Uh, you know, like standout players on that defensive on that defensive team. Um, AP assistant coach of the year, Dan Quinn for the Cowboys. Um, I don't really know too much about assistant coaches, but I'm assuming he's a right choice because I didn't see anything that was like, oh, he got snuffed or he got uh, snubbed. So that is the end of the year awards. And those were my thoughts on Super Bowl 56. Once again, congrats to the Rams, um, Super Bowl champs. I think they deserved it. I think they were a more experienced team. Um, I think they just pulled it out the way that they should have. Um, they probably should have won that game, and they did. So congrats to them. And now moving on to the MLB. All right, MLB. Uh, big news, Trevor Bauer is uh, not being charged with alleged sexual assault. Um, LA County DA came out and declined to charge him last week. Um, this is a quote from the DA's office. After a thorough review of all the available evidence, including the civil restraining order proceedings, witness statements, and the physical evidence, the people are unable to prove the relevant charges beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, this is big uh, for Trevor, especially. Um, he's been a very, he was a pretty good pitcher, and I think he's. Think he, I think he didn't play the last half of the season or so, and obviously the playoffs, the Dodgers um, played in the postseason for a while. Um, the MLB is still investigating, though, so he could have potential uh, like suspension in the league. I mean, he's suspended as of right now, but um, that could extend. I mean, he could get banned. Who knows? Um, but the L.A. County DA is saying that he's not guilty or he's not even... They don't even have enough evidence to charge him with anything. Um, 
Apparently, Bauer pled the fifth in court, so he pretty much just refused to say anything. Um, Bauer posted a video last week called The Truth on YouTube. Uh, he addressed a controversy and said that the woman and her lawyer sp spread false and partial information to the public. Um, he talked about how they doctored a bunch of photos and that he told his whole side of the story about how they did they did meet up and they did have sex, but it was all consensual in the whole nine yards. And um, he, he just talked about how, uh, like, he didn't do anything wrong in his opinion. Um, he said that he, um, he said that he didn't do anything. He didn't, he never touched her in any way that she didn't consent to or the whole nine yard, you know, the whole spiel about um, she never hit him or he never hit her because uh, apparently there was pictures of like she had a black eye and she had bruises on her on her arms or something. I can't remember exactly, but there was a bunch of photos that came out um, that she posted apparently. And um, she he basically declined all that, said that it was doctored and it was false and all that. Um, and a quote from that YouTube video is it is alarming how quickly, willingly and blindly people turn on you. Um, he sounded very, um, he sounded very sincere, um, when he said that he didn't do anything wrong. Um, obviously he's probably upset about it because, I mean, he's a pitcher and he wants to pitch, he wants to play baseball and he can't because this girl is accusing these things of, accusing these things of him and he didn't, I mean, in his opinion, he didn't do anything wrong. I don't really know for sure, um. I don't. I haven't looked in, through it enough to know if he actually did do anything wrong. Um, I know I didn't look into like the whole, like all the evidence and stuff like that. Um, but I'm just telling you what he said in his YouTube video and what the DA's office has come out with. So there's that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see about. Um, to see what the MLB does and if they continue to suspend him. Um, I, I'm not totally sure what's going to happen. Um, I don't think that, I don't think he'll ever play for the Dodgers again, but I think I, I'm not totally sure what the MLB will do with, with what, with the state that the MLB is in right now, there's no way that they're going to be like giving, giving him a formal like suspension or anything. There's just no way like, uh, they they just don't have the power. I mean, they just don't have the willpower right now with the lockout and everything. Like, there's no way that they look at this case and put enough thought into it and say, well, you know, there's this and this. They he should get this kind of uh, suspension. And then, I mean, I don't know. I, it's all up in the air right now. But as of right now, he's not being criminally charged for it. Um, which is pretty interesting to me just because it was such a big deal and he didn't play 80 games or something like that, which is kind of a lot. And like I said, the Dodgers went into the playoffs and that's a big, uh, that's a big pitcher that they missed. So there is that, uh, more on that. If the MLB suspends him or anything, I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. But also the MLB lockout had their final meeting on Friday. No, excuse me, Saturday. Um, and it pretty much, determine the fate of spring training and if it starts on time and if they're going to delay opening day. 
this is according to the article that I read on ESPN. Um, the MLB proposed a collective bargaining agreement and the Players Association pretty much said, this is bullshit, like, do something. Like, we want more, pretty much. Um, I, I, there's a bunch of nitty-gritty about the whole lockout situation, um, but, and it's a lot of, like, really finicky, like, taxing details. Like, the, I can't remember exactly, but, like, the players want more base revenue or something um and it's like one one article i read was like the it's not super profitable to own an mlb team for whatever reason and i don't know if that's because like mlb doesn't make as much money as other sports do or because um like they just don't get sponsorships like other teams do they don't have agreements with businesses like other teams do um I'm not totally sure, but uh, it's been weird with the lockout because from what I've read, the MLB gives the Players Association like a, a proposal about new, uh, about new like taxes and like base revenue and the way that they tax revenue on the players and things of that nature. And the, and the players are like, dude, this is like bullshit. Like this doesn't meet any of the things that we're looking for. And uh, it's been like that for the past three months or however long the lockout's been. So, in my opinion, the the the, the opening day is not looking too promising. Um, it doesn't look good. Uh, I know sp I have a feeling spring training won't start on time. Uh, opening day is still hopeful, but spring training is pretty much chalked. Like. There's no way they're starting spring training on time. I think that starts next week. I think it starts on the 26th of February, and it's the 14th of the, the day that I'm recording this. So uh, the 26th is the next Saturday. So yeah, there's no way that op uh, there's no way that spring training starts on time. Uh, if they do even have spring training in general, um, they could have spring training on. They could have. Uh, opening day on time, but they might not have spring training. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, I think that spring training is going to get pushed back or just completely canceled in general. Um, so yeah, that's the MLB as of right now. If you're an MLB fan, it is not looking good um, in terms of starting oh, spring training. I know a lot of people like spring training. I personally like spring training. Spring training, I like watching it. It's always a little bit of entertainment for the beginning of the season um another fun article that espn uh, put out excuse me <clears throat> that espn put out is ranking mlb's all-time greatest uniforms i know this is kind of a mix-up from what i've been talking about like the other stuff is so serious and like hmm, collecting bargaining collective bargaining agreements um but this is this is pretty cool. I just looked at the article, um, and at number twenty is the 1977 through the 1980 Seattle Mariners. Um, there's some cool unis in this in this article. Um, the one that I thought was the coolest was the Houston Astros, the 75 to 86 Houston Astros. 
That's like the orange and yellow and uh, red like stripes with a big star on the jersey. Um, maybe I'll put a picture of it up right here. Um, but those are pretty cool. Those are probably one of my favorites. Um, let's see. Another one that kind of surprised me was the 2020 to present yellow, yellow and brown pinstripe Padres ones. Um, I'm not a big fan of those. I don't know if it's just a colorway or if it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's the greatest of like the top 20 greatest of all time. It's number 11. So, I mean, it's not super high, but I don't know. I don't really know if I like that. I don't know if it deserves to be on the list. Um, excuse me. Uh, what else? Oh, these, these, uh, the square cap Pittsburgh pirates ones are pretty cool. Um, they're like, they look like conductor hats. Um, it's not super like hip, but it's pretty cool. Like it's pinstripe and it has like little stars on it. Um, what else? I'm also kind of surprised that there's no Giants ones on here. Um, and number one is the Dodgers. Hold up. The Dodgers, just LA Dodgers. It's not like one specific one. It's just the Dodgers. I mean, I'm not a Dodgers fan, um, and I kind of hate the Dodgers because I'm a Giants fan, but, like, the Dodgers number one? Like, no way. I mean, the color, the, the color scheme of the Dodgers is nice, like the, the blue and white and then the red lettering, but, like, I don't know. I just don't think their uniforms are that great to be number one. I feel like there's some better ones that are cooler. Uh... I don't know. Just my opinion, though. And now moving on to soccer. Just a little bit of soccer news. Uh, there was a bunch of... Um, there's been a bunch of players recently um, talking about... Or there's been a bunch of players charged with uh, a bunch of different stuff. Um, just a few that stood out to me was uh, Mason Greenwood got charged with sexual assault on his girlfriend. Um, if you're on If you're on TikTok or like or any sort of social media, um, and you, like, follow soccer closely, there's a pretty grotesque audio of him yelling at his girlfriend, and um, it just, it's a bad look for him. Um, he plays in the Premier League. I'm not, I don't remember exactly what team he played for, but he is done for right now. I mean, he got charged with sexual assault, and I don't know if he was guilty or not of it, but... Um, Big time. Um, just bad look. Um, and another... Oh, excuse me. I should call it football. I'm going to start calling it... I'm going to start, ca start calling football... Or soccer football. And I'm going to start calling N the NFL American football. Um, just a uh, little nitpicky thing that a few of my friends have pointed out to me is that that are soccer fans... Um, Shout out to you guys. You guys know who you are. Um, they said to call it football and not soccer. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start trying to remember to do that, but it won't always. Probably, probably not gonna happen every single time. Uh, another interesting case that has come out is Kurt Zuma. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. Um, has been criticized after a video released of him kicking his pet cat. 
uh, kind of random and a little weird. But a bunch of his teammates were like, oh, um, I don't really, like, they were saying, like, they don't agree with him, but, like, they can't be mad at him or something like that. I don't know. But uh, the video is kind of weird. Uh, it's just him, like, kicking his cat, like, for fun. Um, super random and super, like, just disturbing, in my opinion, but... Uh, yeah, just a little bit of football, international football news. Um, oh, and the big Real Madrid and PSG game is on tonight. As I'm recording this, I'm recording this on Valentine's Day, um, the 14th. It is. It was either today or it was tonight. Um, hold up, I'm gonna look because I think it was on. It was either on this morning or it's. Uh, it's either on tonight or it was on this morning. Uh, oh my God, I'm faded right now. I can't find it. When is it? Oh my God, it's tomorrow. I'm a fucking idiot. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow in the afternoon, 1 p.m. Mountain Time. So 3 Eastern and 12 Western or Pacific. Um, yeah, it's tomorrow, the 15th. I'm faded, as apparently. Um, it's tomorrow. Also, a little bit more football news. Uh, Chelsea won the Club World Cup. Kind of interesting. Um, I'm, I don't know too much about that, but I'm sure it's probably a big deal to football fans. Moving on from soccer, uh, a little bit of golf before we move to the song of the week. Um, the Waste Management Phoenix Open was just this past weekend, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday to Sunday, I believe, or Thursday to Sunday, something like that. Um, and Scotty Scheffler won in a um, playoff against one, against John, no. Uh, he beat Patrick Cantlay in a playoff. Um, that's always a pretty cool uh tournament to watch just because of the um, the course is super pretty out there in Phoenix. The song of the week this week is Arlo McKinley's Sunk Like a Stone. Uh, pretty slow blue song, really deep, really um, uh, emotional song. Um, so uh, I know a lot of people are sad for Valentine's Day. Um, The song of the week this week is Arlo McKinley's Sunk Like a Stone. Um, slow burner blues song, uh, real nice slide guitar, big uh, electric guitar solo in the middle. Uh, just really impactful lyrics about um, breakups and um, stuff like that. Uh, it's a really good song. I really enjoy it. Um, I think listeners will as well. Uh, but in that case, that will do it for this week's episode. Hope everyone enjoyed um, listening or watching whatever, whichever you're doing on YouTube or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I appreciate all of the love and support that everyone has given me since last week's episode came out. Um, yeah, and that's going to do it for this week's episode. I'm Nathan Cutler, and this is Just One Dude!